This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. For more than two decades, Donna Weber has helped high-growth startups and established companies create customers for life with successful customer onboarding strategies. But what is customer onboarding? If the term seems new, Ms. Weber explains what it is and why it's so important in this Biz News podcast. Donna, we've heard the the phrase, the customer's always right, but the phrase customer onboarding seems strange. Are you talking about getting people on a train? What? (laughs) Not on a train, not on a boat. It's, um, you know, I work with uh, mostly business to business companies who are very focused on selling their products. And they think their product's all about, you know, the, the best thing in the world, which probably it is. But if they don't get their users and their customers using the product, then nobody wins. So I specialize in helping companies win by getting their customers to win. Isn't that part of the sales department's job, come to think of it? Well, you would think so, but oftentimes the sales reps are really focused on closing the deal. And um, my book, Onboarding Matters, and um, my, uh, my, my advising and consulting practice is all about opening the relationship. So we don't just close a deal, we need to open the relationship now. And the thing is, Douglas, in the world of the subscription economy, it's not just about, great, you close the deal, you're done, uh, because you have a, a subscription that needs to renew year over year in order for companies to be profitable. So in the, day, in the, in the days of perpetual license sales, um, you know, yeah, you may have had a long sales cycle, you closed the deal and it was like, they, you got the money up front, so it was all good. But now, um, you know, you, it's like renting a home instead of buying a home. So you're getting your monthly or annual rent and you need to keep those customers um, getting them to value, keeping them happy, uh, making sure they're meeting their goals. And so they keep paying you rent because they don't own your product anymore. They're renting it and they need to keep uh, paying the rent so that you can start getting that compounding revenue. And that's what, what what's really makes the difference. Is this something more than sending them the annual company calendar or perhaps <laughs> a box of candy or something at Christmas? Uh, Yeah, I think it's gone beyond that. So the thing is, especially, so I I mostly work with uh, business to business, high tech uh, companies. However, uh, you know, I I don't know about you, but I stream my entertainment on on subscriptions now. I can buy cosmetics on subscription, supplements. Um, I'm even getting, I'm all into these sparkly waters sparkly flavored waters, I get those on subscription now. So um, it's no longer just about kind of a little token gesture because um, there's so many, the the consumers have so much more power and the products have become so much more similar. They're, they're, They're more commoditized. So what sets companies apart now is not just their products, but their customer service as well. Well, give us an example that you think is, I'm holding this one up as these guys are really doing it right. Um, let me think. Okay. Well, um, uh, recently, um, I bought some, oh, I can give you an example of, this is a, a consumer experience that I've had. 
Um, uh, well, I'll give a few. Well, one Zappos is, has great customer service. So, um, you know, I've known, I've known them to, to, you know, have, have them uh, return shoes and deal with issues. They put the customer first. Um, I ordered, I, I have a pair of shoes that I'm wearing now that, um, that uh, I had some issues with that company and I called and it was just this whole ordeal. They did not put the customer first. It was more about their systems and what they could or couldn't do. And another company I had shoes from, I had an issue and immediately they sent me a replacement pair. So even though like I might like the shoes from one company, if the if the customer service is poor, you know, I've decided I don't want to do business with them anymore. And the customer has so many options now that we can choose to not do business with companies that we don't have a good relationship with. So the relationship is, is an important component. And I believe that in the world of business to consumer, that the, the, those companies that like they're, they're starting, you know, I don't know about you, but I order something from Amazon from a little company and they send me like a little handwritten note in the package now. So they really know how to do this like special touch and oh, contact us if you need anything. And then the world of business to business, uh, where, you know, there's a huge opportunity there to catch up with that, uh, building the relationship, not just with the company, but with the end user as well. Other than declining sales or perhaps sales not growing as one would like, what are some of the uh, telltale signs that you're doing it wrong as a company? Well, so most companies look at what I call what are called uh, lagging indicators. So how are sales going or how is renewals? How are, are there are those companies uh, buying more? Are they renewing or are they churning? Um, so, but those are called lagging indicators because it might take a year two or even three years to know if they're going to stick around. And so there's also important leading indicators to pay attention to. So, for example, um, are they logging support tickets? Are they contacting the customer service? Um, and maybe if they're contacting, that could be a good sign because they're using the product. If they're not contacting support or service at all, I would say that's a bad sign because it might indicate they're not even using the product. Um, a lot of software technology these days has, um, you're able to go in and see product usage. So that's a real key indicator. Like, are the users engaged? Are they using the product? Uh, a lot of companies can even measure like which part of the products they're using. And they might then say, hey, we know like, like one company I worked with, they provide workflow automation and they get very focused on purchasing the, 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 this workflow automation platform for this one like critical workflow. Like, so these are big companies with complex workflows, but the company found when they deployed it for two or more workflows, then they were a lot more sticky. So you can start to measure usage and that can be an indicator of how likely are how likely they are to renew and also champion your product and tell others. Um, and so then you can start not, you can move from hoping your customers use your product or use those key features or use the workflows for more than one um, one uh, critical area. And you can start to build that into this onboarding framework to drive that behavior up front. So you don't just hope they use it for more than one workflow. You bake that into how you get them onboarded, enabled, and engaged. You are the only person that we know of who does this. How did you get into this line of work? Oh, well, thank you for asking, Douglas. 
Well, so my background is in customer enablement and customer education, but I've always been on the front line of making sure customers are successful using the technology products of the companies I've worked with and worked at. And um, I was always the one going, hey, what about the customer? You know, so there'd be the teams internally, we'd be very focused on the product or on the sales and the marketing and the funnel. And I was in the subscription economy. I'm like, well, hello, what about our existing customers? Because the reality is that the revenue a company gets is, is 50 to 80% of the revenue is from the existing customers. So I've always been interested in that and realizing that we can't just sell them a product. We can't just go live on a product. We need to actually get the users adopting the product. And about 10 years ago, this new field called customer success came on the scene. And that's what customer success is about. It's about really engaging the customers and helping them to reach their business goals. And so I saw an opportunity there and uh, for me to uh, provide value. And I saw the gap where people weren't addressing onboarding. They're mostly focused on the last 30 or to 60 to 90 days before the, the renewal comes up. And I emphasize you focus on the first 30, 60, 90 days, because that's when the re renewal really happens. Customers are no more excited to be uh, successful with your product than at the very beginning. So if you ignore them and then suddenly reach out 30 days before the, before the subscriptions do, they've given up. And then you have a lot of work to do to try to turn them around. So, you know, the way that I work is let's avoid that completely. Let's get them to their success goals immediately so that that renewal retention expansion is a no-brainer if a customer has felt like roadkill for nine months it's pretty hard to breathe new life into them i guess exactly yeah it's going to be hard to do cpr when they've been lying, lying on the road there and the thing is you know we get very focused on that that first deal like we close the deal but every time you get a new customer you need to make sure you're not losing an additional two deals. So there's the renewal deal, there's the, well, there's the expansion deal. Like, so maybe a customer, you know, they're, they're buying just a little bit of your product to test it out. So there's this huge expansion opportunity. And then there's the referral opportunity, because if I'm delighted with your product and it's turning my business around, I'm going to tell everybody I know. In fact, uh, the person who worked with me on my book, I was so delighted with the work she provided that um, I've, you know, I'm referring her. People are reaching out to me now that I have a book about, uh, you know, guidance for their books. And so, you know, the people I worked with that, that were fabulous, I'm telling everybody, right? So that's, that's what we want. We want, we want that expansion through, you know, um, through our existing customers. And, and the reality is getting new customers is very expensive. That sales and marketing costs uh, can be very expensive. So even though you get a new customer, you might actually be losing money so let's say for every new dollar you get it might actually cost you a dollar fifty or two dollars in all the sales and marketing costs to acquire that customer and that's called cac or customer acquisition costs but to keep a customer is pennies on the dollar so the profits can soar dramatically when you can keep that customer when you can keep them using more and more of your product and when they're they're being your you know when they're doing your marketing for you then you, that's a real win what made you go out on your own to start your own company to do this? 
Well, thanks for asking. What I noticed is that I really love the beginnings. I love like starting something new and I also love learning. And um, I've worked at several startups where I've launched customer education and customer success programs from scratch. And, uh, you know, I just love that kind of building stage. And then when we got to the like the maintaining, I noticed I wasn't as excited about it. Some people love that, you know, but but not me. And then I just love learning. And so I, I did think, well, one day it'd be interesting to be a consultant. And, um, you know, you get to stay in that learning place. I just love, I, I mean, I'm working with companies from Hungary, from Israel, from England, from America, from Canada. Um, and um, it's just so thrilling to, you know, for me to learn about their products. I've worked with products that um, a manufacturing software product where they help companies build uh, spacecraft to accounting software to um, software for and tools for uh, field um, oil people out in the field doing oil pipelines and everything in between big data. Um, and so I get to keep learning and I get to keep having an impact. And I, I love that 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 uh, new beginnings, that building stage. So I get to stay in that sweet spot. Customers will hire you. So presumably they want your information, but do you find some resistance to it in some companies? And if so, what type of resistance do you have to overcome? Uh, well, generally when people bring me on, they they need, they know they need help. So I don't get resistance. Um, I mean, there is always the challenge, like they want everything to change and they don't want anything to change, you know? <laughs> you know, so like, yeah, sure, I want to get fit, I want to lose weight, but I don't want to put much effort into it, right? So uh, we all know that. So yeah, there's an element of like, yeah, we could have all these great, um, um, I, can, I can map out this new roadmap, but if they are not willing to execute on it, and sometimes it not, it's not just a matter of, hey, we're going to build this onboarding program. It can impact everything across the company. It can be really core to the, the how a company builds their product, markets and sells it, and then how they uh, manage the accounts. So, for example, I work with a company in Hungary. Uh, they have a CRM platform, which is a customer relationship management platform. And they, they, they built this platform that was infinitely customizable. And they found their customers were just overwhelmed and they'd be busy tinkering and making it just the way the customers wanted it, but they weren't actually ever using it. So when we started looking at first value and quick wins, like what are some quick wins we could drive them to, they realized that having this infinitely customizable, tailorable platform wasn't really working and they moved to distinct products and personas. So now the, the sales rep can buy the sales module and the HR person can buy the HR module or the consulting or the project management people can buy the project management module. It's really easy. They can identify in. And then now there's infinite possibilities for upselling to other modules within the company. But, you know, that was not just a matter of how we're going to onboard and engage these new users. It impacted how they develop and the product, how they sell, how they market it, everything. Where can people get more information about you and contact you? You probably have a website. I do. Yes, it's DonnaWeber.com. That's D-O-N-N-A dot W-E. Sorry, that's D-O-N-N-A W-E-B-E-R. So www.DonnaWeber1B.com. You don't have to often call it up yourself, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and tell our listeners again more about your book. The name? 
Yeah, so I have it right here. It's onboarding matters and it's how to take new customers and turn them into loyal champions. And in the book, I go through my six stage orchestrated onboarding framework to move beyond hope as a strategy and creating a prescriptive proactive way to drive your customers to success because their success drives your success. And Donna, what would you like to add that we haven't had a chance to talk about? And it could be anything. Well, thank you. I think the, the what I get um, f find most interesting is when companies listen to their customers. So rather than you thinking, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put something together, find out what your customers want to need. And that might be just picking up the phone and asking them a few questions for 20 minutes and listening. And the key is to listen and then uh, learn. And that, you know, that's how innovation takes place is through listening to your users. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching.